We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Friday Rotowire DFS podcast. I'm John McKechnie stepping into the hosting chair uh, this afternoon, getting us started back for the second half of the baseball season. With me today, special guest, uh, good friend of the podcast, Chris Benzine. Chris, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. It's been a little while since I've been back in the booth here, so it's uh, it's nice to get a little a little change up on a Friday. Absolutely, yeah. Filling in for old Joe Pizapia, who is uh, traveling today, enjoying his All Star break. As well, I know that Rotowire. We just had our trip out to Vegas, and I think we're both uh, fully recovered finally from from the uh, from the shenanigans out there in the desert. When you say, yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely some great festivities out there, but it's it's definitely nice to get a couple of days of recovery. I think, yep. think we're in, we're in better shape now. Yeah, we're doing a lot better than we were uh, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night when we got back uh, up here to Wisconsin. Here, so starting us off here on the slate for Friday. It's a full slate. Uh, all 30 teams are in action tonight. Top pitcher on the board. We're starting with pitching as always. Uh, Jacob deGrom, he's checking in at 2,900. There's a bit of a weather concern, or t- uh, 10,900, I'm sorry. Um, facing against uh, the Rockies at home. Home, you you like deGrom a little bit more, but you know this is a potentially dangerous Rockies lineup. How do you see this, and do you think that uh, you would see yourself paying up for him in, in a cash game, or do you think you'd go somewhere else? Yeah, I think I'm going to avoid him in the cash games. I think he's a little too highly priced tonight, and as you mentioned, they are facing the Rockies. 
It is a little bit of a scarier matchup. It is at home. If it was in Colorado, obviously, sure. the price his price probably would have dropped too because of that factor. But it, yes, it's a little safer at home. But as you mentioned, there's a little bit of a weather concern. Not sure how much that could impact the game, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think you have better options a little further down the board, especially given the uh, the price drop between him and the next pitcher on the board. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, for for how good is DeGrom's, you know, strikeout potential has been. Uh, and, you know, I think that there is something to be said for, you know, name recognition-wise that this, is, this Rockies offense is loaded, but they did kind of scuffle into the break. So there is like, a, I do have like some pause in, in completely writing off DeGrom. I usually don't go after the highest pitcher. Uh, on the board myself, but I think that I could talk myself into it. But uh, like you said, the guy for fourteen hundred dollars less, next guy on the board, uh, Carlos Carrasco. He's probably my favorite uh, pitching play uh, this evening. He's really looked looked strong of late. Uh, seven innings, seven plus Ks in his last two outings. Uh, his numbers, oddly enough, have been a lot better on the road than they have been uh, at home. And he's going against an A's team that. Uh, you know, while they they are able to smash homers at, at a pretty good rate, uh, they are second in baseball in terms of uh, highest strikeout rate. So I, I look for Carrasco to go seven strong again, and you know, go go and surpass that seven plus strikeout uh, threshold that we're looking for. You know, you got to get that uh, high strikeout potential from your starter. Do you, do you are you with me there on Carrasco out in Oakland, or do you think that there's someone else in this price range you like a little better? I, I do like Carrasco out there. He pro- he might be. Um probably one of my favorite options on the board. Um, but I'm going to highlight another guy that I could see being used as an option if you don't want to go with Carrasco. And and that guy is uh, James Paxton sitting at 9,200 going into against the White Sox. So it, the, if you look at the pitching environment, it isn't necessarily all that favorable. Sure. Um, he did have a couple rough starts coming off, off the DL, but he's since rounded into form. He's pitched um, – Three consecutive quality starts he has in a row, which is which is key on, especially in cash games. You want to get those quality starts, especially if you're paying up for your pitcher at the top. You want to get those quality starts along with the wins, and he has two of those in a row. And when you look at the, and we're talking about wins, Seattle is the heaviest favorite on the day, so you, that's that's a big bonus in his favor that I'm looking at so if I'm looking at those two he's another guy with big strikeout potential he's been pitching well recently he's in the, and he goes up against James Shields so you expect a fair amount of run support for him on the day and he's probably one of the guys that I would be targeting at the top of the board if I don't want to go with Carrasco I, I, I definitely like your rationale there and I, I'm also a big big maple guy but um my my one concern is just like the White Sox are are oddly like a little bit better at home and a little better mm-hmm. against lefties, but I think that you know in knowing that some people might might stay off of Paxton a little bit more than what we'd usually see on a Friday night slate. So uh, I think there's a potential here to to kind of get him uh, at a lower ownership percentage than than maybe what we're expecting here. And you know, like you said, the, those numbers coming in uh, to tonight's start I think are pretty favorable for him overall. Uh, let's take a look at a few of uh, our other cheaper options. Or we got one more expensive guy I wanted to get into uh, and just kind of name him off as as a fade, and that that'd be Gio Gonzalez. Uh, he's a guy that really impressive numbers through the first half, like you know, but kind of surface level numbers in terms of like his ERA uh, and his WHIP, uh, making him one of the bigger surprises, bounce back guys in baseball. But his FIP uh, is sitting at four two four, so it's like literally almost twice as much. 
uh, as his ERA. So that, that shows that there's a bit of regression uh, probably incoming here. And, uh, you know, that can definitely start when you're going against a Reds team up at Great American Ballpark where the ball absolutely flies and they're a top 10 offense uh, in, in all of baseball period, but also especially at home that Reds offense is particularly dangerous. So at 9,000, probably off of Geo. I had another guy that I wanted to highlight as well at 9,200. It's at the same price tag as Paxton that I'm kind of fading, and that's Jose Barrios. Again, it's it seems like a pretty obvious fade going into Houston to face one of the best offenses. Barrios hasn't been that good recently himself. He's he struggled a little bit. He has some unfavorable road splits. Okay, that their team's a heavy underdog in the game, and, and there's just really not much to like at that price tag because he's he's matching up with some of the other guys at the top here, right. including Paxton and uh, Carrasco, who we both highlighted as pitchers that we like. And he just doesn't seem to fit any, anything that really would be, you know, there's nothing enticing about him at that price tag. Yeah. That would just, that, yeah. Pretty much the only thing you can say for it would be like a contrarian that, uh, yeah. aspect. There is really not much else there. Yeah. Tossing in a bunch of lineups, maybe just go contrarian. He's going to be low owned, right? Very low ownership. So if by chance he happens to pitch really well, you, you would benefit from that. Right. But you know, I, I think just you and I agree that that's probably not happening tonight. Um, another guy under nine K, but above, uh, 8K that I liked a little bit is Jacob Faria for for the Rays sitting at 8500. Um, not getting not getting too deep in, too deep into this, but you know he's he's done pretty well uh, to this point in his career. That I, I have a feeling that you know teams will catch up to to what he's bringing to the plate uh, in due time. But for right now, he seems to be uh, able to miss bats with a pretty nice uh, rate. 23 strikeouts and over 20 innings pitched on the road this year, going against. Uh, an LA uh, Angels team that are bottom five offense at home but you do need to kind of take that number from a season-long perspective with a grain of salt because Mike Trout's been out for so long uh, and he comes back into that lineup tonight so you think it might be a little bit energized so I like Faria but I I wouldn't like I don't like him as much as I would if if that Angels lineup didn't have Trout in it yeah I mean that's definitely a big boost back for the Angels getting Trout back would I mean any lineup getting your superstar back is huge and he's right. among the best if not the best in the game so i mean it it's still an enticing option probably but yeah as you mentioned not as good um the other guy i was going to highlight as a fade actually is jordan montgomery at 8100 going into boston uh he didn't, he didn't last six innings in four of his last five starts and again as i mentioned going against boston it's a tough one his road uh, FIP is 4.19 and XFIP is 4.59. So it suggests that there's some regression there. Sure. As you mentioned with Geo, there's definitely some regression possibly on tap for Montgomery. And I could definitely see that starting tonight in Boston. No, I, I like that call a lot. And I, I think that the, yeah, he was starting to show some signs heading into the break that, you know, uh, things were, things were going to come crashing down to normal uh, for him. Uh, one last guy I wanted to touch on before we move into the position players, um, what's your read on John Gray tonight? He's down at 6,600, but he's a, you don't usually see a pitcher of his quality down there. But again, he is being opposed by um, Jacob Degrom, and he is going to be on the road. How do you how do you uh, approach John Gray tonight? I I like John Gray. I think we both kind of agreed on that. He's probably one of our favorite tournament plays of the mm-hmm. day. It it's away from it's away from Coors Field, which is a bonus. And you look at his splits, and maybe they aren't as good right now. But it is a small sample size, right. so you can't. 
like as you mentioned, can't really you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's not really at this point you can't really count on it to be like it's not something you can count on over the course of a season. You need to get more starts in before you can start sure. to form a more uh, bigger opinion on them. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I think you know that this is an oddly good matchup that you know he only does have that handful of starts tonight so or coming into tonight so yeah those numbers you can't you can't get too hung up on the fact that he's in the high fours and his ERA on, on both home and road things of that nature just because uh you know we haven't seen Gray make even 10 starts yet this season to my knowledge um he has looked pretty strong since he came off the DL uh four earned and 15 strikeouts over 11 and two-thirds innings pitched over those two outings including his return which was really impressive against Arizona where he went out to the desert and fanned I believe 10 Diamondbacks so that was really really strong because the Diamondbacks have the best home offense of any team in baseball so I think Gray at 6600 uh, he clears up so much room for your bats um, I think he's definitely a guy that you, that you have to consider in a tournament yeah, the there was one more pitcher that I had highlighted for tournament play. I did like John Gray probably is among the most, uh, probably the best out of all the tournament plays because of his price tag and some of the the, the splits we went through. But uh, I'm going to highlight Zach Davies from the Milwaukee Brewers, the hometown boy. Uh, he's at 7,200 against the Phillies. Two of his last three outings are quality starts, so you have that again in your favor. He actually has a 10 and four record this year getting a lot of run support from Milwaukee despite his 4.90 ERA. So there's something you got going for you going against the Phillies. His splits don't favor him in his home starts. So right. you're going to have people are going to look at that probably limit his ownership there because you're going to see that his home splits people are probably looking into that like oh he's not good on the, at home. He's so he's not going to be owned much at home and, sure. but the Phillies have lost lost 5 of their 6 games before the all-star break and scored three or fewer runs in each of those games so you have a lot a limited runs um limited runs against going into that game brewers are 170 minus 170 favorites among the best odds of the day so you have good chance good potential for a quality start good potential for a win and that's huge for a guy that's going to be 7200 yeah there you go yeah i think that that he's definitely an interesting guy that i could see being you know under five percent owned in most tournaments but a guy with, with a little bit of uh, the win upside, certainly in play. Moving on to catcher, um, who stands out to you from from this kind of upper tier, from starting from Buster Posey up to the top of the board, 3,500 Sal Perez? Yeah, my pick at, at that price range is actually Buster Posey himself. I, I like him at 3,000 going against Clayton Richard. I think he's an elite play in all formats. You can use him anywhere. Uh, he has a great track record against Richard, hitting 369 with five home runs. Or he's hitting 369. He has a great track record against Richard. He's hitting 369 with five home runs against lefties this year. There you go. Which Richard is, and uh, he's also prices the sixth highest catcher on the slate. I, I just feel like that's considering the hitter that he is. That's a that's a pretty good spot for him to be, and I, I just don't. I think he's tough to pass up at that price and and matchup. Yeah, you 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 almost never see a slate uh when when the Giants are playing where where Posey is surpassed by that many different players uh at the catcher position there. So, uh certainly an interesting play uh for this evening and I think people might get too turned off by by like their uh by what they think of San Diego's Petco yes. Park. They're like, oh, I can't take a hitter there. Uh, you can take a, a hitter of Buster Posey's quality, no questions asked, in, in my opinion. Um, moving down the board a little bit, um, I had a good 
real value play tonight uh, in 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 Austin Barnes from from uh, the Dodgers, but that was banking on Grandall being out of the lineup. Grandall is in the lineup tonight. Uh, uh, checking in at 2,900, batting seventh tonight. Uh, so I'm probably not using Grandall this evening, actually. Um, but I am going to target Alex Avila a little bit. He's a guy that uh, been a high average guy, high floor. High floor is usually what I'm looking for uh, at the catcher spot. And he's batting second in the order, which is um, you know, a really nice spot to, to get a catcher. Usually, you know, outside of your Buster Posies or your Sal Perez's, you're, ca- you're getting your catchers in that uh, middle third or bottom third of the order there. So I think Avila is probably uh, my guy at catcher for 2,700. Any, any other names out there that stuck out to you a little bit? Yeah, a little down the board. You could go down if you're looking for an ultimate tourney play. You got Mike Zanino. Uh, 2300 going against James Shields in the cell. There's probably going to be a lot of a lot of hitters in that game that should be good mm-hmm. for for the Mariners, I think. And and Zunino is a guy. He's he's a boomer bust kind of guy. So he's, sure. he could go 0 for four. He could go three for four with a couple homers. He, yep. So, but Shields is a guy who's given up 2.49 home runs per nine innings over seven starts this year. It's obviously again limited sample size, but. It's it's that's still a, a high. That's a lot. <laughs> a still a very high home run rate, and in a hitter friendly environment, as I mentioned before, it's a, a guy that you could throw into a lineup for twenty three hundred if you're looking for a, a very cheap catcher option. I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on over to first base. First base usually, you know, you're kind of paying for your, for your premium guys um, tonight. Uh, the highest price guy is Joey Votto against a lefty. I think that was kind of interesting. Uh, at 4,300, we got Rizzo at 4,100 against Gossman in Baltimore. And then we have Goldschmidt on the road in Atlanta. Uh, weather concerns are possible uh, there, and he's going against R.A. Dickey. So how do you uh, parse out this top three? I mean, if if you're willing to stomach the weather concerns, I really think Goldschmidt would be my favorite of the three. I mean, he's just been on fire prior to the all-star break and he probably has the best match you you look at it you're um and he sees facing R.A. Dickey so it's a little different you know he's facing exactly. the, the knuckleballer but he does have I mean he has five at bats it's a limited sample size but he has two hits against him so and a walk so he, he seems like he can still hit him and Atlanta's not as big of a pitcher friendly ballpark as it used to be it, at, no, the, the ball the flies state. out of there so so now you're now you're sitting into a better more friendly environment, and I, I think I would like him of the top three the most. Okay, that's interesting. You know, oddly enough, I feel like I would be more comfortable using Goldschmidt against Tehran at SunTrust Park than I am against Dickey, because with Dickey, for for how hard he certainly can get shelled, and it does happen, uh, sometimes it's just like his knuckleball just screws with people in a certain way. Uh, so, and you, mm-hmm. I just can't risk that goose egg for my top guy. So I'd probably go Votto, even though it is against a lefty, but I think all three of these guys are, are fine plays for sure. And usually you would jump at, like you said, like you'd jump at that Goldschmidt being uh, the third first baseman down on the board uh, in a hitter friendly ballpark, but I'm just a little bit creeped out by the knuckleball. So I'm moving off of that. Uh, I'm actually going to go down to 3,700 
Uh, this is against your boy, so, but uh, you know th- this is with good reason. This is probably the only White Sox I'm, I'm going to use tonight. Uh, it's Jose Abreu at 3,700. Uh, his numbers against lefties have been, you know, pretty ridiculous uh, throughout the season. 3.95 with the uh, OPS well over a thousand against lefties. 3.06 average at home. Uh, he's a guy that just almost never carries that high ownership tag because he's kind of lost in the shuffle out in Chicago, um, playing for the White Sox as opposed to the Cubs or something like that. Um, so I think Abreu is an interesting play at 3,700. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a fair option. He does have good splits as you mentioned uh the other guy that I was going to mention at first base going if we're going to go down the board a little bit is is Ryan Zimmerman at Great American Ballpark you're talking Mm -hmm. about that it's a it's a great hitters friendly ballpark one of the best in the in baseball probably maybe second best behind Coors yeah I, I would say his second best um in terms of hitters and he's facing Tim Adelman who's allowed 12 homers over 48.2 uh, innings at home this year nice. so uh, the the home run rate is really in his favor and, and he's really he, he was hot coming into the break in another another first baseman and he's been hitting well all season long I mean he's he's, he's resurged mm-hmm. onto the scene from past years so he's a guy at, at first base 3200 if you want to go down from all those the the pack of heavy priced first basemen that I think could benefit you on uh friday yeah and i think you know to your point uh you, this the top of this nationals uh lineup isn't as good at, you know without trey turner obviously um but tonight we got brian goodwin leading it off and wilmer defoe uh hitting second then bryce mm-hmm. harper uh hitting third zimmerman clean up behind him so you know i think we could see a situation against a guy like adelman where where you know Zimmerman gets up in the in the first inning with two guys on in front of him, so I, I think there's a huge RBI potential there uh, for Zimmerman more more so than we usually see. Um, moving on to second base, I think you and I kind of had the same read uh, on what the keystone shapes out uh, like this evening. You know, you got some expensive guys up top, but you, no Daniel Murphy tonight. Interestingly enough, no Scooter Jeanette. Interestingly enough, so down at 3,200. There's none other than Robinson Cano, who's who's going against James Shields. Robinson Cano against a right-hander is almost an automatic play for me regardless. So when he's at 3,200 and against this right-hander and James Shields, uh, I think it, it's going to be really hard to, to craft a lineup without using him. Yeah, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, he's also fresh off that all-star MVP in his new oh, yeah. Corvette. Uh, he's going into the ballpark against James Shields. I just don't see any option that's close to Cano on, right. the, on the slate tonight he seems like the heavy favorite to use and I just I just don't see any reason to go away from it yeah I mean it, you know if even if like the high ownership which which is likely kind of scares you off a little bit I think that like the return is almost so guaranteed um, at guaranteed rate field for for Mr. Cano that it's re- it is really tough to go away from him and like you know you got some other second base options I mentioned that the Murphy's out uh, Ian Kinsler also not in the lineup tonight so uh, it's a little bit of a thin crop as far as like the big big names that we usually kind of tend to use here uh, your guy Jonathan VR I think w- would also be a, a fine substitute Assuming if you wanted to move in. off of that that's true uh, I guess we got to wait to hear what's up with Eric Sogard before uh, that that comes to fruition. But VR is a guy uh, certainly. I know Pavetta's been a, been a very solid pitcher, uh, kind of a nice surprise for Philly. But um, at three thousand VR with the, that's you know that speed power combo in, in an explosive lineup, I, I think that he'd be a fine uh, pivot off of Cano if you were to go ahead and do that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a perfectly fine option. But uh, I think we're, we're pretty clear that uh, Cano has to be the top play, especially if you're doing a cash game, I don't think there's really any other option. Yeah. Maybe in a tournament if you want to go elsewhere, there's, there are some other options out there that you can try to go away from the masses. But in a cash game, I think you almost have to take him. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So we're on the same page there, a couple of Cano guys. Um, let's see here. Uh, moving over to third base, um, another another guy kind of stood out to me, um, but with less of an established track record on the season. That's Manny Machado, and you know he's a guy that, that burned season long owners, you know, across the country uh, for the, for his first half. Uh, but I saw some encouraging signs from him in that twin series last weekend. He, you know, his final three games, he was let's see, eight for fourteen, three extra base hits, two homers, uh, six RBI in those final three games. Um, and all the peripherals kind of are pointing to him having a, having a nice little turnaround in the second half. He's up at a career high as far as his hard hit rate goes. Uh, he's near the top of, of, of all of baseball in terms of uh, hits uh, with exit velocities over 100 miles an hour. And he also has one of the higher out rates on, on those hits. So there's a bit of uh, bad luck that he's been running into a bit. Um, so I anticipate that him... Uh, with this matchup against you know someone that's far from uh, the best that the Cubs can offer in Mike Montgomery, uh, so he gets a lefty-righty matchup as well. I, I think Machado at thirty-one hundred uh, really stood out to me. That's definitely a, a good option. I think. I mean, you say his track record this year mm-hmm. really isn't that good, but if you look at his career track record, it tells a little different story. Sure. So, so I mean. At this time last year, you're not going to see Manny Machado sitting at 3,100. So he's well down the board. And as you mentioned, he's showing some signs of life recently. Definitely a good option at third base. I'm I'm looking down the board a little bit more. Just my, one of my favorite plays, uh, Kyle Seager. I, if, if it's not been clear by now, I, I kind of like the Mariners as a stack option tonight. It, yeah. it definitely seems like an option. Um, he has He's sitting at 2,500 on the night. And in 17 career at bats against Shields, he has three home runs. There you so, go. So <laughs> that is a very that's a it's a sizable enough sample size to say that he's a he's a decent hitter off of James Shields, and it's a great environment as we've already spoken to multiple times already. Yep. And that he was on a slump a bit going into the All Star break, dropped his price tag, but this could be the night I think that he could bust out, and I like him a lot. If we're gonna go towards the top of the board again, uh, at third base. I like Freddie Freeman among the top guys up there at 3,600. He's home against Taiwan Walker, and he has five home runs and 51 ABs at SunTrust this year. So I, I do like the I like your Machado pick kind of between the two, but if you're looking for a high-end guy, I like Freeman. If you're looking down the board, I like Seager at 2,500. Yeah, I'm big on all those plays as well. The, the only other guy that I would kind of consider here, uh, Nick Castellanos at 3,200. He, he's kind of of the same argument I was using for Machado, where he started the year uh, near the top of the board in terms of hard hit rate. And, you know, it, it was something that I thought wasn't going to last past April, certainly not not like uh, well into the first half of the season. But he actually ended the first half atop the board, you know, ahead of a guy like Aaron Judge. So Castellanos is making really good contact, and I think that that, uh, the Tigers should be able to hit Sanchez uh, pretty hard this evening. Sanchez hasn't really... shown a whole lot this season because he's he's been dealing with those blister issues and he got shelled last time out it was against the Astros so you give him a bit of a pass but uh this Tigers lineup even though it hasn't been that great uh this year it does it it 
you're always worried that they do have the potential to go completely off and go for double-digit runs. Uh, and I think Sanchez could run into a problem like that uh, tonight. So using some Tigers, pretty cheap way of getting a stack in. Uh, I think Castellanos would be a way of going about that. Uh, moving on to our shortstops here. Obviously no Trey Turner at the top of the board. Uh, we got Carlos Correa, Gene Segura, Corey Seager, all at 3,800 or above. But I, my attention was drawn down a little bit uh, further. 3,400 Cozart, 3,300 Bogarts, and 3,200 Andrews, all those guys hitting in the top third of the lineup. So they, they appealed to me a bit more, uh, trying to save a little bit while still kind of getting a premium option at shortstop. Yeah, of those three that you mentioned, I kind of like Elvis Andrews the most, I think, because you're not going to – it is in Kansas City, so it's not a huge – he's not going to probably go deep. It's probably not an option. But you look at Jason Hamill, he's allowed 11 stolen bases this year, and Andrews is a big part – that's a big part of his game is mm-hmm. taking the bat, taking an extra bag. Even just – I could see with the big gaps there, he could get it, you know, in a double or a triple, some a, an extra base hit. He could also, you know, if he gets on with a, via walk or or single, I could see him snagging an extra bag from Hamill. So sure. I, I kind of like him the most of those three that you mentioned. And I also, going down the board, I kind of like bo- both of the options in the Washington Nationals lineup tonight. So we're, we're going back to uh, Great America, I believe, is where they're playing. So yep. and, and you have Wilmer Defoe at 2,400 tonight, batting second in that lineup. And he's reached base in each of the last seven games that he's appeared in. So since since taking over for Trey Turner in the everyday lineup, he's been pretty productive. And and at a price tag still sitting at twenty four hundred, that maybe hasn't completely adjusted yet to the to the point that where he's playing at this point, mm-hmm. it's still worth going after him. I think at that price tag in that spot in the lineup, in that environment, I, and with the hitters that he has around him, right. you have Harper and. Zimmerman behind him, as we've already mentioned, he gets on. He's probably has a good chance of being driven in. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that call as well. I think you bring up a really good point uh, in saying that he he's a guy that for for where he's priced, he actually has a pretty solid floor, pretty uh, reliable ability uh, to get on base there. Um, but before we move on to the outfield here, we got a message here from our sponsors here at FanDuel. FanDuel is back and it's better than ever. FanDuel, fantasy baseball for everyday fans. New contests starting every day, so there are no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. Have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to fanduel.com slash RW. Special offer for new year new users. Deposit today and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's fanduel.com slash RW. All right, Chris, we're gonna wrap it up here with our outfield picks. Um, you know, at, at the top of the board, we got some of the best hitters in the game. We got Judge at 4,800. Uh, we got Mike Trout coming back. I expect he's going to be activated here uh, almost any minute uh, before the Angels get their lineup out. Bryce Harper at 4,600 at Great American. Uh, George Springer, Giancarlo Stanton, Mookie Betts. You know, these are all guys in that 4,000 range. Well, Betts is at 3,900. Um, are you are you able to fit in one of these premium guys? Or are you going to go down the board a little bit this evening? I think it may be tough. I mean, if you can fit them in, I could see some of them being decent options at the top. Mookie, 
Judge, who knows about – I don't know if I would go Trout in his first night back necessarily, but um, I could see some of those guys being appealing. But uh, my top guy on the board, I'm, if, if I'm going to go with a Mariner's stack, i got to add the boomstick to that, I think. Got to. So we're going to have to go with the boomstick. He had three home runs in five games prior to the All-Star break and the same conditions as the other Mariners applies to him. So he does. it is worth noting that he doesn't have a great – career track record against uh James Shields but obviously it's it's a limited sample size it's not not a huge sample size and I I can see things being going a lot differently tonight so he's one of my outfielders um I also like Jay Bruce at 3300 going against Colorado if I'm going to go with John uh, against John Gray I'm going to go with one of the lefties because that's where John Gray, uh, even though it is, as we mentioned, a little limited sample size thus far, the lefties are the ones that have really have been getting to him. Okay. So he had three home runs in four games prior to the All Star break. He's just sitting at 3,300, and that's the one of the bats that I would go with. I think I think you may have highlighted a little bit another Mets outfielder in among your uh, outfielders to potentially watch but uh, I'm going to go with Jay Bruce there and then my third favorite of the night I guess would be Kyle Schwarber sitting at 2300 going against your boys in uh, Baltimore Mm -hmm. but he's batting fifth in their lineup he's facing Gaussman at Camden Yards he heated up with three with hits in each of the last three games prior to the all-star break and and I like that 2300 price tag I think it's going to continue to rise I think he's going to have a better second half He's he struggled mightily in the first half and resulted in demotion and right. and it seems like he's finally seems to be getting back to form and he's it's sitting at that price tag. I think it's now's the time to take advantage of that. That's true. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, this this might be his price floor. At least, at least we kind of hope it is. We kind of hope he gets things turned around because you know from a fantasy fantasy perspective coming into this year, he's kind of a guy everyone wanted on their team and then. You know, he really uh, kind of burned a lot of people with how he did in the first half. But, you know, he certainly has a talent in the, in the, the hitting skills uh, to get himself back on track there. But, uh, you know, some other some other outfielders that I was taking a look at, uh, as you mentioned, uh, with the Mets, um, mentioning a left-handed bet or a bat in that uh, lineup, I think that a guy in Michael Conforto at 3100 seems to be a little bit underpriced to me uh, given the talent I know he did have a DL stint before the all-star break with a sore hand but uh, you know the fact that he's leading off uh, Friday night I think that goes to show that he's uh, ready to let it rip again and then you know down a little bit below 3000 you can always kind of find some value and I found that that Matt Kemp going against Taiwan Walker made some sense to me and uh, also, uh, and he's batting cleanup. And then Adam Jones uh, batting leadoff there um, for the Orioles going against uh, a left-hander in Montgomery. I think that he might uh, make some sense. He, he kind of uh, came into the break on a bit of a hot streak. And, you, you know, sometimes that, that just isn't going to last all the way through or, or what have you. But uh, you got to like the fact that he's leading off tonight. I think this is an Orioles lineup with Chris Davis back in the fold. I think that they're, this is about as good of a good looking of an Orioles lineup as I've seen uh, in quite some time. So I think that they'll be able to get to him. Then above there uh, at 3,300, if you want to get some more Tigers action, uh, Justin Upton would be my guy. Um, but that's pretty much going to do it for us here at the Rotowire FanDuel uh, podcast, the Friday edition. Uh, everyone, enjoy your first night back uh, into the baseball swing of things. Enjoy the second half. Best of luck.